everybody. Welcome to the Fullest House Podcast, where we are still doing this. My name is Harrison Bloom. I'm Zach Horowitz. And I'm Mark Green. So, for this episode, uh, we have Moving Day, uh, where DJ uh, starts off with a brilliant decision to uh, not tell her children about the new living situation. It's a good plan. It's, it's a very DJ good plan. has come up with a good plan. It's a very thought-out plan, and definitely not something that she waits until the last minute to come up with. Yeah, she she starts out with a wonderful breakfast. Yeah, the episode starts with DJ has made a wonderful, lavish, delicious breakfast for her children, milkshakes included. My mom never made me a milkshake, and I'll always resent her for that. Might I add on a pre-breakfast milkshake? So it's like not even breakfast. <laughs> That's it's like right. A, it's pre-breakfast. It's like it's right. like the appetizer for breakfast. That's right. And this is all to lessen the blow that Kimmy and Ramona are moving in. But here's the thing. They're moving <laughs> in that same day. During breakfast. Not just that same day. That same time. She she waited until she knew Kimmy and Ramona were arriving to tell her children that they now had new roommates. Well, yeah. The, I mean, the plan was that, you know, Kimmy and Ramona are going to move in and I'll think of a plan by then. And the best exactly. she could come up with was pre-breakfast milkshakes and such. In the Fuller household, we ascribe to the philosophy of if there's a problem and if we ignore it lo- for long enough, it'll just go away. <laughs> yeah, that's some uh, some good advice for our younger viewers out there. Uh, if you have any yeah. problems in your life, put it off until the last minute. That's sure to work. There very much is a philosophy in this show of, you know, if we just love each other and we hug it out, we don't have to worry about literally anything. They're so smart. Yes, DJ doesn't anticipate any problems. So, of course, immediately there are problems. And I think we should note, while DJ's making breakfast outside, Ramona and Kimmy are arriving gearing up to move in and ramona does not want to move in she is not on board with this right yeah um and she she has a a wonderful manifesto on how white the 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 fuller family is a joke i forgot about it's a rare moment of self-awareness she like she starts it and she just keeps going she just keeps naming examples for like a solid minute (laughs) Well, yeah, she calls them, quote, the whitest family in America. Which is a joke they stole from our podcast. Of course. Or did we steal it from... No, they stole it from us. We... They... This came out... When did it come out? Zach, you were on the IMDb. Oh, hold on. Let me get back to the page. (laughs) Uh, This came out in 2016, and our podcast came out in 2020. So, yeah, they definitely stole it from us. If anything confirms the existence of time travel, it's that. Yes. Um... She calls them the whitest family in America. She goes on a big thing of whiter than a polar bear in a snowstorm watching Frozen. It's a lot of white. A lot of white. Extended white, which I appreciated. I I really do think this is the episode where we begin to see the seeds of Ramona is the only character who can be on a better show. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this episode, Ramona is kind of saying what the audience is really thinking. And in this episode, what the audience is really thinking is that they want to start a race war. 
Yes, they don't really lean in hard into Ramona's uh, Latina heritage. Which she should be proud. That's nothing to not be proud about. I just find it funny that in her, in like really her first episode, they really do lean into it. Which, and I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's not, it's not a bad thing. We stand our Latinx queen. We stand our Latinx queen. We stand our Latinx queen. I do think Ramona has some some good lines and some good some good straight man moments. Yeah. Some good moments where she's the voice of reason. DJ says, You're gonna move into this tiny closet in the attic and she calls it a hobbit hole. That's wonderful. Which is yeah. hilarious. Lord of the Rings, you of guys. Course. It does occur to me now, that's where two twins were living. That's where Jesse's twins were living in the Hobbit hole. To be fair, they were babies. True, but still not a great place to put your children. Oh yeah, it's not a great place. I guess even just safety-wise, that's yeah. just a bad call. Keep in mind, Nikki and Alex, that's two people. They had they were yeah. two people living in that hobbit hole, as described by I Ramona. mean, they were babies, but they babies grow. Oh, I know. I was going to say, I haven't seen the end of Full House in a while, but I wonder how long they lived in the attic. That's right. And how long Mickey and Alex had to share that tiny closet in the attic as a room. I'd like to think until they were at least 16. Yes. Yeah. I mean, once you hit 16, at that point, it just becomes, like... Unbearable. Yeah. Thank you, Harrison. I didn't... For for some reason, the word just escaped me. But unbearable (laughs) works. That would just, it would be ridiculous. That's what I meant to say. It would be ridiculous for two 16-year-olds to be sharing a room that small. Two 15-year-olds, however, perfectly normal. Oh, it's mm-hmm. normal, logical. Oh, I, yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I shared a closet living quarters with someone when I was 15. Did you guys not? Did you guys not do that? You know, uh... No. Sadly, no. I my my siblings are 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 female, and uh, that would just get awkward. What? Well, I guess Harrison, you're the weird one here. Oh, thank God. Yeah, no, I completely relate to your experience, Mark. Thank God we have this shared normal experience. The shared uh, normal experience of sharing a tiny closet with another fifteen-year-old boy. It's a good look. It's good. Um, I did also want to make note of the way in which Kimmy finally gets Ramona to step foot in the house, which is that Kimmy steals Ramona's phone and throws it into the house. Honestly, pretty clever. That's it's pretty good. honestly yeah. pretty clever. I was going to make fun of it as a, whoop, kids be texting moment, but like, that's not a bad move. That's a pretty, no. that's a clever, fun move. Yeah. And to be fair, to be fair, kids do be texting. Gen Z, they do be texting. And also, hey. meanwhile, breakfast is still going on in the Fuller household. And uh, this is also probably the happiest that the baby has looked throughout the entire series so far. Given it's only been two episodes, but like... That's right. The only time that the baby has looked legitimately happy the entire show as, right. as of this point. DJ is just squirting... Um whipped cream on the pancakes squirting might be a bad word putting whipped cream on the pancakes. she's putting whipped cream she's putting whipped cream on the pancakes and it's getting higher and higher she's bribing her children it's a bad move as a mother it's not right but the baby loves it yeah yeah tommy's just very much into it he is watching with anticipation with anticipation 
eyes wide open, huge smile on the baby's face. Oh, wait. Oh, Tyler uh, has te- just texted us. He he brings up a good point that now that Dave Coulier is out of the picture, <laughs> that of course the baby can be happy. That's true. He's he's taken the time to fully recuperate from the traumatic experience that was seeing the Mr. Woodchuck puppet in the last episode. <laughs> and, you know, he's fine now. He's fully recovered. He's happy now. He's a normal child once more. So, uh, the, the family is now all together. Ramona is forced into the house, and they're forced to confront one another. Uh, and then the rooming situation has. Uh, the, Ramona decides she does not want to live in the hobbit hole. And, uh... Yeah, in order to get her to stay, DJ says, Well, I'll put Jackson and Max in the same room, and you can have Jackson's room. Right. And, you know, Jackson, our bad boy, does not enjoy that. He's a bit of a bad boy. Yeah. He's a bit of a bad boy. I must say. He is a bit of a bad boy. And a bad boy does not share a room with a fellow bad boy. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Saying that, are you insinuating that Max is a bad boy? Oh, yeah. He's the baddest boy. I mean, that kid, he gets into trouble. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I don't know how old. He's like eight. He's an eight-year-old who already knows the complex relationships of a symbiotic relationship, as demonstrated later in the episode. So if that doesn't scream bad boy to you, I don't know what does. Well, if they came out and said that Max has a drug problem, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) It's just it's been very much in the background of the show. Of course. Yeah, it's one of those like subtle things that you notice in the background, slowly building up until it comes to a climax at the end of like season three or whatever. You watch it for the first time and you're like, oh, where did that come from? And then you rewatch it and all of a sudden like you start to pick up on all the subtle things that kind of build you up to this You keep looking moment. at him and you can see that his fingernail is getting longer and longer. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those subtle details. You really got to keep an eye out for it. You can see the crack pipe in the background for a couple of shots, but like they quickly hide it. I think yeah. the script supervisor wasn't there that day. It's probably mm. a censorship thing. They need to be subtle about it. You That's know? right. They need to be. Su- they wanted to get into heavy issues <laughs> in Fuller House. Yes. Drug abuse, teen pregnancy. <laughs> this is a very deep show. Um, anyway, do we want to talk about how Stephanie puts her phone in the baby's diaper? Yes. How does one lose a phone in a baby's diaper? In what part of the process does that happen? Well, you see, Harrison, when a dirty diaper and a clean diaper love each other very much, they bring the phone into the equation. And the dirty diaper puts the phone into the clean diaper, and then the clean diaper goes onto the baby... I'm not sure I'm understanding your... No, 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 give me a second. I want to hear where he's going with it. (laughs) Okay, okay. I don't even know where I was going with this, but... No, uh, go ahead. Where was I? Where was I? And that's where babies come from. Exactly, yeah, that's where babies come from. And And that's where babies come from. No, even better, that's where butt dials come from. Because transition, segue, uh, DJ calls Stephanie with the phone in the diaper... And it's a butt dial. By the way, we we skipped over so much of the episode, but I just wanted to bring up know, this absolutely wanna... ludicrous point. Yes, the fact that Stephanie loses the phone in the baby's diaper. Honestly, I only brought it up to contrast with everything I was saying about how deep the show was. Yes. Mm. Which is, honestly, I think that's the deepest moment we've seen in the show so far. 
Well, it's the big strength of the show. It can talk about things like anti-Semitism. And also it can have Stephanie holding a baby's tush up to her face (laughs) and talking on the phone with DJ through the baby's diaper. Ah, yes. The duality of man. (laughs) Anyways, um, back to the actual plot of the episode. I also did want to bring up, like, once again, DJ has not planned this out at all. She just comes up with the idea of like, oh, you Ramona can take Jackson's room without telling Jackson and making sure that he's okay with it first, which he is not. You would have thought she'd have planned this by now. No, Harrison, have you watched Fuller House? I mean, look, here's what happens. DJ waits until the last minute to solve this issue, and then somehow everything works in the end. There's like a step in the middle where like crazy stuff happens, like, you know... Jackson gets angry, you know, maybe he'll run away from home and sneak into Uncle Jesse's car. But in the end, everything just kind of works out and they have a big, inspiring speech. Zach, you've cracked the code. Exactly. That's it. That's it. DJ waits till the last moment to solve a problem and then it's solved. Exactly. See, I was going to say it was almost like waiting until the very last second to tell her kids that two different people are moving into their house was a bad idea. Yes. But now I'm seeing it's all this intricate web. Yeah. Right. And it was, in fact, a great idea. We should talk about it's that. It's Game of Thronesian. The the level the interplay between all of these variables yes. and the situation. Look, Mark, I understand your confusion. Look, you know, to be fair, you do really need to have a high IQ to understand Fuller House. <laughs> it's true. But DJ has to run to the clinic. She's a vet. Um, leaving for the first time, leaving her kids in the care of Stephanie and Kimmy. And Mm -hmm. it goes great. Team DJ. Team DJ is on the case. Team DJ. Stephanie is inspired by John Stamos after he randomly enters the room to give an an inspirational speech to, to Jackson which immediately eases his fears of moving in with Max. Well, she tells him about, you know, when she was a kid, DJ was so upset about moving in together that DJ plain ran away. But she ran away to the garage. That's a part she didn't mention. Or did she mention that? Because Jackson decides, well, fuck it. I'm just going to run away with my uncle. I I do also want to bring up the fact that this is just the first of many times in the show where either Bob Saget, John Stamos, or Dave Coulier, in this episode it's John Stamos, just kind of randomly appears without any warning. I know, warning. it's great, right? Uh, I, I <laughs> it's great, <sighed> right? <laughs> so loudly when that happened. There is no build-up, there's no lead-in, it's just we're having a conversation, and then all of a sudden John Stamos is here. Uncle Jesse is here. Remember Uncle Jesse? Remember Full House? <laughs> yeah, you guys remember Full House? I do remember Full House. What was it again? Because I'm forgetting. It's the prequel show. It was a show about a house, a house that was full, but not quite fuller. Okay, if I got it. you understand what I'm talking about. No, here. I understand. Yeah. I understand. You can stop now. Okay, got it. I, I, I get it. I've seen it now in my head. Um, but I rolled my eyes so much when he showed up because there's no reason for him to be there. John, I get you're producing the show. I get it. You want to be in the show. People liked Uncle Jesse, but you got to give you got to give the new cast their own chance to breathe. 
No, we we gotta we gotta shove all the old cast members down their throats because nostalgia. It's just the wrong time for this cameo. Yeah, right? it's. I mean, yeah. To be fair, he does factor in in that Jackson then stows away in his car. Yeah. And runs away with him, but it it is just the wrong time for this cameo. It's too soon. There's not enough development. Yeah, at least one episode to just have the new cast do their thing, figure out what this show is. But instead he shows up there because it's just playing on your memories of Full House and not requiring the show to be anything of its own. Right. Yeah. I, but I did also want to bring up, though, uh, there, it is a pretty good scene with uh, Jackson stowing away in Uncle Jesse's car because we also uh, come up with the great idea for a new spinoff series after Jackson runs away <laughs> and Jesse accidentally leaves a very long uh, voicemail to Aunt Becky that he should not have sent. And then Jackson pitches the idea of him and Jesse moving to Mexico and becoming bullfighters, which I don't know about you guys, but I would watch the hell out of that show. Why is that not a thing? Yeah, that's that's the spinoff they should have made rather than Fuller. They should have skipped the beginning of Fuller House and just been like, okay, you know Uncle Jesse, this is DJ's kid, just trust us. <laughs> they're in Mexico together, we won't say why. And now they're bullfighters. Yeah, and they start, fi- I'm just going to put it out there, they start fighting crime, too? Oh, Ooh. yeah. They fight bulls and also crime. They can't just fight a bull every episode. They have to, like, there has to be a villain, possibly Fernando. Possibly a bull-themed villain. And we should we should say we want Fernando in there not as a race thing. It's just we really love Fernando. Yes. yes. Juan Pablo de Pache, please be on our podcast. Might I say was sorely missed in this episode. Yes, he was sorely I mean, missed. He's very, he was very sorely missed. And in this these past few episodes, I mean... We often forget Fernando was kind of the other bad boy of the show. Yeah, I mean, we got Jackson. He's kind of a bad boy, but he's also, in this episode at least, kind of a sad boy, which is a great transition into our new favorite segment, Sad Boy of the Week. I did not know when you were going to do this. I thought <laughs> I thought we were going to save it to the end. We are 20 minutes in. Let's go for it. I thought of the transition, and I was like, we're going for it. We also did say a bit of a bad boy before. I'm not, it's, I don't mean to note you while I, we're recording Yeah, the but podcast. that felt like it was too early. Now feels like the right time to go into sad boy of the week. No, I'm just saying I wasn't, ex- you're keeping it spontaneous and that's what I admire about Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the compliment. So who is the sad boy of the week? Who's the sad right. boy of the week? Who are our nominees? I uh, think the obvious choice here is Jackson. He's a very sad boy this episode. You know, he doesn't want to move in with Max or he doesn't want Max to move in with him. That He doesn't want to share a room, which is like, I don't know, that's kind of weird. Doesn't everyone share a small space with another young boy at some point? Yeah, I mean... And then he runs away. That And it should be brought up that mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, DJ gives a big speech about, you know, I didn't want to move in with my sister, but then it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And you think that, okay, that's, we fixed it. DJ gave her speech. Jackson's learned his lesson. He's going to move in with Max. But then Ramona says, fine, I'll take the Hobbit hole. You can have your room. And Jackson goes, yes. Meaning he did not learn his lesson. You know what? You're right. He didn't learn his lesson at all. I was actually going to propose DJ as an alternate choice, but I think you guys have him down pat. Jackson really was sad this episode. 
he he was but for the sake of uh but for the sake of argument i think i have a couple other ones i think jesse might be someone we might want to bring up in consideration jesse's a pretty sad boy right because he sends that terrible voicemail to his wife where he insults her cooking and makes fun of the dog's weight so yeah he is in the doghouse aunt becky tells him as such is there gonna be any room for him in the doghouse with their big fat dog (laughs) 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 got him good one mark got him i'd high five you but we're not in the same room shout out to quarantine shout out to quarantine shout out to our friend quarantine (laughs) friend of the show quarantine we know you're listening shout out to you bro are there any other nominees the only other one that i can think of possibly is Steph because of the phone and the diaper moment. Oh, yeah, let's... Oh, right. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. here's here's the case for Steph. Steph not only accidentally diapers her phone into the baby's diaper and then picks it up and talks into it with the baby's butt pressed against her head, but also after DJ gets back and DJ's talked to Uncle Jesse and everything and knows that Jackson ran away... Stephanie is completely oblivious that she straight up lost one of DJ's children. That's That's also a valid point, is that she just did not know that she lost a child. Yeah. She lost a child. I... Should I do a rundown again? Just the rundown of our three cases? Yes. Okay, sure, go ahead. One more time, just as like a TLDR kind of thing. So, Jackson is having his room taken away from him. He doesn't want to lose his room. He tries all these ways to keep his room. He ends up running away from home, coming back. He doesn't learn his lesson and he still loses his room. Just a real desperate lad. Yeah. There's uncle Jesse who accidentally says to his wife's face that he hates her cooking and thinks their dog is fat. And there's Steph who's, absolutely the worst babysitter (laughs) and is completely oblivious the entire time all right harrison who do you vote for steph steph that that steph i think the fact that she loses the child takes the chase (laughs) yeah i was gonna say like when i going into this segment i thought that jackson was gonna run away with it but steph has a much better case than i thought she would have (laughs) I I have to say I'm with the two of you. I was for sure, watching the episode. I for sure was like, Jackson. Jackson is our sad boy. He's I love my sad boy, Jackson. I know you're a bit of a bad boy, but you're also very sad. <laughs> but looking back, look how far we've come. <laughs> I think I think Stephanie is the sad boy of the week. All right, congratulations, Stephanie. Congratulations, Stephanie, for being our sad boy of the week. The most backhanded congratulations <laughs> I've ever heard. I mean, we mean it as a compliment because, as we've stated on numerous occasions, we love our sad boys. We love our sad boys. And our sad girls. And our sad girls, yeah. And our sad anyway anybody identifies, we love exactly. them. Exactly. We love them, as long as you're sad. <laughs> exactly. We say sad. sad boys, but sad boys are inclusive of all genders. Sad is the most important thing yeah you know it's what binds us together the human species the focus is more on the sad and less on the boy yes for centuries people have been asking what is the meaning of life what links us what is the nature of the human condition and dear listener i am telling you it is sadness (laughs) 
<laughs> but despair not, for it is not sadness in a melancholic sense. It is the most beautiful, sublime sadness. We love our sad boy. We love our sad boy. We, we mean sadness not in a melancholic sense, but sadness in a comedic sense. We love our sad boys. Mm-hmm. Our sad, pathetic experiences link us all. <laughs> and in the words of another sitcom, I just want to say to anybody who is sad out there, I'll be there for you. We say they're the sad boys uh, mostly because uh, incompetent boys doesn't roll off the tongue very well, as at least as well as sad boys does. Yeah. There were other things that I wanted to bring up. We might go in kind of a nonlinear direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Because we've kind of run through the episode. Right. Now we're talking about the details. Yeah. There are a number of references and callbacks to... God, what was the show? Was it Perfect Strangers? <laughs> was it Killing Eve? Uh, Is that what you're thinking Killing about? Eve. It was... It, it might have been Killing Eve. It reminded me of Killing Eve. I Oh! You guys remember Full House? Right! Of course! No, I do not remember Full they, House. They have the violin music. Yeah, Zach, somebody told me a while ago Full House was a show about a family that lived in a house that had a lot of people in it. Was it Fuller? Mm. No. No, it wasn't quite Fuller. It was a little less full. Was it Fullest? No, our house is Fullest. Yeah. Oh, okay. This was just Got full. It. Just Got a full it. house. Just standard full. Vanilla okay. full. Just just a standard full. So, like, full, but not really full. They weren't the whitest family in America yet. They were just the white family of America, if that makes any sense. Got it. Okay. Okay. I think I remember now. But, Harrison, you were saying the violins? Yes. Uh, I'm not sure how I felt about the violins joke. I mean, it's on its own, it's not bad. I don't know. It's... It's not bad, but here, but it was a setup for a later thing that I think was botched. Yes, right, because it came too, it came too late. Uncle Jesse at the beginning says, we used to hug all the time and make up, and it was so sweet, sometimes we could hear violins, which is a reference to the music they would play whenever anybody would learn a lesson or hug or whatever in the prequel series Full House. And then at the end of the episode, it's not when we're having the emotional moment where DJ gives her speech and we learn a lesson. It's after that, where they're all in a group hug after everything's been quote unquote learned, that we hear violins and Uncle Jesse says, there they are. Does anybody else hear that? But like, they should have come in while the emotional moment was happening. That's how it worked on Full House. I'd also like to point out the fact that no one else acknowledges it. So I'm just I'm just going to bring up a headcanon to you guys. Okay. And you guys can accept it or deny it as you will. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so because Jesse is the only one who, uh, <laughs> who, who acknowledges the violin music, mm-hmm. I would like to propose an alternate headcanon. Okay. That Jesse, Uncle Jesse from Full House, our boy, John Stamos is somehow omnipotent in some way that he can hear and see all, all of these things, like the violin music. Oh, this is not where I thought it was going. I want to know where you thought it was going. I thought you were going to say that he was crazy, that he was hearing things, not that he was <laughs> omnipotent. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know how, like, in the real world, people are <laughs> people sometimes hear things? Are you familiar? Well, well, much how Deadpool in Marvel Comics is omnipotent because he 
is crazy. Might John Stamos be crazy enough to the point where he realizes he's in a sitcom and has become omnipotent? That's very true. This is another spinoff. Right. Is Uncle Jesse the Tommy Westfall? Who's Tommy Westfall? Oh, oh, that's the boy with the uh, snow globe in St. This It's all a conspiracy. <laughs> the show, every every show takes place in Uncle Jesse's head. It's Uncle Jesse's world. We're all just living in it. It's the same thing. It's St. Elsewhere, Cheers, Frasier, Blue Bloods, New Girl, Friends, Killing Eve again. I'm just <laughs> going to keep naming shows until you stop me. No, keep going. Uh, the Garfield Show, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! They're all in Uncle Jesse's head. All of them. All of them. Oh, every single show. The show you're thinking of right now, dear viewer, that took place in Uncle Jesse's or John Stamos's. The line is very... The line is very much not defined <laughs> between what is Uncle Jesse and what is John Stamos. We can cut this out, but I'm going to take you all through a guided meditation for a second. Okay. okay. All right. Oh, I'm, I'm your, so I'm, ready, I'm ready for this. Clo- close your eyes. Breathe in. Breathe out. And clear your mind of any thoughts, any concerns, any images. And I'm going to ask you to think of a TV show, any TV show. And just know deep inside yourself, in your heart of hearts, that TV show originates and takes place entirely in the mind of Jetsy Katsopoulos, beloved sitcom character and star of Full House. Now open your minds, eyes. Now what shows were you thinking of? I, I, thought, of, I thought of New Girl. <laughs> because I mentioned it? I feel like I've achieved television nirvana, knowing it all draws from one's stores. All of these shows can be found on Netflix, this week's sponsor. We are not affiliated with Netflix, nor are we sponsored by them. I uh, just want to put that out there. But if they would like to sponsor us, yeah, please do. Um, please give us your money. Yeah, we're, we are open to any and all uh, monetary donations. Sponsorships. What we're saying is, uh, please give us money. Can, can we not do Raid Shadow Legends? Can, can we agree not to, to be sponsored by them? I know times are desperate, oh, Harrison, but... I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, Harrison. I'm sorry to tell you that um, this week's sponsor is actually Raid Shadow no! Legends. Download it for free on your iPhone, tablet, any device that you have. It's totally free. I've been playing it all the time. Actually, no, I haven't because that was another misdirect. We're not actually sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Oh, but thank if, God. If you do, if they do want to sponsor us... Uh, Go for it. <laughs> I know it's only our second episode, and I've already said this like 15 times, but what was this podcast about again? Fuller House? Fuller House. Thank you, Mark, for bringing us back on topic. I know, I know, Zach, you've been... I feel like we have very different styles. Zach, you very much guide the content in terms of any transitions you think of. I very much transition based on what content I want to get to. I'm here thinking of transitions of that content. I'm here to make that engaging content for the viewers. I probably shouldn't have clapped. That might be very bad to edit. I am sorry, Tyler. This is this is why we complement each other so well, or at least why we might exactly. someday. <laughs> not not today. 
not today. I don't, I don't, we are friends. I'm just saying we might not be exactly clicking. I thought what we had was special, Mark. Anyway, so when Kimmy moves into the attic, she puts up a giant fat head of her head saying the slogan for Gibbler party planning, which is do it Gibbler style. Which only confirms more and more that Timmy Gibbler is a sex goddess, right? It's she's a sex goddess. Yeah, I was going to say she does it Gibbler style as outlined in the Kama Sutra. There's a subsection, Gibbler style. Yes. She, she descends from a long line of sex goddesses. Um, so yeah, a couple of other things that I noted. In the first scene, or it's not the first scene, but when DJ is making breakfast for Jackson, she keeps saying, Oh, Jackson, my firstborn baby, my firstborn. Like, she keeps calling him her firstborn, and I was... I found it very awkward. Yeah, it's as if it sounds like something that a hack screenwriter would put in to clarify that he's the firstborn. But we we can clearly tell he's the firstborn. So she just really like a yeah. classic parent is placing importance on the yeah. fact that he is older. The line is just there. The line's just really there just to confirm that DJ has uh no kids. Who have maybe, I don't know, run away or something who are older than Jackson. Or is that a twist that they're saving for later in the show? Ooh. Again, this show is very deep. A lot of twists and turns. We'll just have to watch the show and find out. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, her calling Jackson her firstborn, it's a real Chekhov's gun. Gun. <laughs> I stumbled over my words. I think I started to say Chekhov's gum. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm good, you guys. I'm in a good place. This is all good. It's a setup for a future episode where there's like, where God sends a plague on San Francisco and all the firstborns are going to die. And she's like, no. Yeah, I was gonna bring it up. It's it's like it's uh the story of uh, Passover, which you know, the death of the firstborn. Yeah. <laughs> we need to confirm. I you know we love Jackson, our firstborn, but unfortunately the plague is coming. <laughs> I do like that upon the mention of Jackson is her firstborn, Harrison, your mind goes to, oh, that's something a hack screenwriter would use to establish that he's her first. And my mind went to, is DJ going to sacrifice her (laughs) child? Is this the episode where Jackson dies? In order to appease the gods of San Francisco, you must offer up your your firstborn son. As a human sacrifice. She's sacrificing him to the Gibbler gods, the Gibbler family. <laughs> That's how the Gibblers have survived this long. <laughs> Why do you think Kimmy was going into the house for that long? She was feeding off of their auras, but it's not enough. For Ramona, she needs something stronger. The gods need to be appeased. We must appease the gods with an offering. An offering of the firstborn son. Then and only then will the Gibbler gods be satisfied. And by the Gibbler gods, I mean mostly Fernando. But in this episode, it's really more like (laughs) Kimmy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fernando married into the Gibbler family, but he's not a Gibbler. That is true. Wait, hold on. I've I've just now come to the conclusion. If Kimmy and Fernando were married, I know they're not anymore. But does that mean there was a certain point where we could have gotten Kimmy Gibbler, Hernandez Guerrero, Fernandez Guerrero? That was yeah. what I was saying. She kept her maiden name. I think she should have switched. Or should she done have done a hyphen? 
<laughs> Jimmy Dibbler Hernandez Guerrero Fernandez Guerrero. Wait, wait, guys, I'm sorry. I've just come to an amazing realization that I feel like I need you guys to know. What? Because Ramona is Kimmy and Fernando's child. So does that yes. mean her full name is Ramona Fer- Hernandez Guerrero Fernandez Guerrero? I mean, sure. But her name is Ramona Gibbler, so I assume that legally her name is Ramona Gibbler? Yeah. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, Zach. It should have been... They should have taken Fernando's name. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. She should have yeah. taken... Fer- and this is, And again, this isn't... A patri- just this isn't a patriarchy thing. I fully stand by the fact that women should be able to keep their maiden names. But Fernando, Fernando, that's yeah. the important like, thing. Like women should be able to keep their maiden names. But when you have the opportunity to change your last name from Gibbler uh, to Hernandez Guerrero, Fernandez Guerrero, you take that opportunity. Like if I were to marry uh, a girl with the last name Hernandez Guerrero, Fernandez Guerrero, I'd take her last name. Yeah, no, I think we got it. <laughs> okay, we got is, it. Is that do we do you not need me to rant? For no, actually, actually, I need actually I do need one more example. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> I just I just like messing with Zach. <laughs> Basically, if you have the chance to change your last name to Hernandez Guerrero, Fernandez Guerrero, take it. That's really all I'm getting at here. That's the true message of this episode. I gather. That yes. If you marry. Someone with the last name Hernandez Guerrero, Fernandez Guerrero, you take the last name of your of your spouse. No questions asked. Yeah. Tyler is asking for one more example. <laughs> one more so example. So if you're walking down a road and you find a bar and you go into that bar and a cute fellow customer walks up to you and says, Hi, my name is Jim Jim Fernandez Guerrero Fernandez Guerrero. If if that true. were to happen, you lock that down immediately. You there's no like no time wasting. You you go on a few dates and then you start locking it down. I I meet a girl with that last name. I am already down on one name. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say immediately. I hear the last name immediately. I'm down on one knee. You do not let that opportunity pass you by. So here's the thing about this episode. Yes. I feel like more happens in it. But I have a lot less to say. Yeah, about. I know, right? But here's the other thing. I don't know if that means it's better or if it doesn't. I, I, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I mean, for the sake of recording a podcast, maybe it's worse. But, <laughs> you know, it, does it affect the quality of the episode as a whole? Maybe. Maybe. Nuance. I also, I didn't mean to step on you. You were saying something earlier, Harrison. Was I? No, I wasn't really. I uh, might have said. Oh, okay. Mark's being way too nice about, <laughs> about being like, oh, no, you go on. this. You go on talking. No, you go on talking. We're very bad about that. No, Mark's just very nice about it. <laughs> also, one thing uh, I noticed, Ramona really got to redecorating that room quickly. Man, she brought in the new... Yeah. She, she presumably drove to <laughs> some store... <laughs> In, in in San Francisco, bought paint to reflect. Like no hesitation. I think she says to reflect the Ar- Argentinian flag. Drives back, gets a ladder somehow, and starts redecorating the room. <laughs> yeah, like no hesitation. Just like I'm gonna take all the stuff out of this room, just move it to the hallway, grab a grab blue and white paint because Argentina, and just get right to the decorating part. We're just gonna kick Jackson right out. Him and his 
non-denominational crayon. <laughs> the phrase non-denominational crayon. <laughs> it's I I I'm not criticizing it. I think it's beautiful. I think you're looking for the word unbranded. Yes, I was trying to think of the word and like couldn't and the non-denominational came in. I much prefer non-denominational. And I was like, you know what? We're just gonna roll with non-denominational crayon. This crayon is not Jewish, not Catholic. <laughs> it's not a Buddhist. It's not. It doesn't subscribe to any one church or faith. Uh, you know what I meant? Unlicensed. Crayon. I know what you meant. I'm very. I'm admiring the phrase. Thank you. Yeah, I'm teasing you a little bit, but I genuinely love the use of. Thank you. Non-denominational. um i think we lost sight of a very important fact about the family uh something that was not brought up which is that dj uses duck eggs in her pancakes yes why it was for extra protein or something like that. where do you buy duck eggs it's it's for no it's for more nutrition and a deeper flavor profile yes. max tells us well you this. see they hit up their good friends in new york joey and chandler because they happen to own a duck of course <laughs> this is all in the uncle jesse cinematic universe the john stamos's mind cinematic universe <laughs> i i will say you can you can find different kinds of eggs and ingredients and off-kilter things yeah. It's not impossible. Yeah, but this way it's more fun. It's more fun to assume that either they or someone they know owns a duck <laughs> and just gave them the eggs. You are right. That's right. She's owned a duck the whole time. That should have been yeah, the this pet. this is a secret duck. Like, screw the dog. Should have been a duck. That's the um the other member of the family that we never meet is uh the Fuller family duck. Yeah, instead of a dog, it should have been a duck. The Fuller family duck, Quacky. Quacky. Quacky, yes. Quacky there the you duck. Go, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning the duck by name. He's definitely there. We just never see him. Yeah, but he's always there in the background watching you. Much like Max's crack pipe, <laughs> Quacky the duck is always in the background. <laughs> it's like the worm in Adventure Time. It just it shows up in the back. Or the snail, sorry. It shows up in the background and then eventually it makes itself known. And and the, the the reveal is so much darker than we could have ever expected. Tyler just texted uh, Comet Quacker Quacker, which is it's the um it's the more colloquial term, right? You know. Yeah, I I did also want to talk about there was one scene that we glossed over uh-huh. where Jackson is um he's trying to convince Max to share his room with tommy so then jackson can keep his room to himself yeah and max is all for it until he gets a whiff of that stinky baby Mm. oh that's uh uh-oh stinky diaper Mm -hmm. now in fairness that is set up for the later scene with stephanie's hilarious blunder where she drops the phone in the diaper yeah there are there are only three trivia things on imdb for this episode and two of which involve that uh diaper changing scene really they're not really all that interesting (laughs) i will oh i was i was gonna ask what they were in a second but i was just gonna say i don't mean to have misrepresented it by my tone that's a fantastic scene oh of course it is a fantastic scene it's it's 
Jackson is using these tactics to try to accomplish a goal, which is more than we can say for anything that happened in the first episode. There's a character with a goal, mm. and he does things to accomplish it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Actual conflict. And and everybody knows that a stinky baby is the funniest thing in the world. Uh-oh, stinky. I just, yeah, I just wanted to remark upon the fact that in both the first and second episode... We do have, uh-oh, stinky jokes. <laughs> we also have sex jokes in both episodes. That's right. Both of which had the uh, the first sex joke, like, f- less than five minutes into the episode. Like, two or three minutes into the episode, we get sex jokes. Yep. Which is, like, yeah. that's interesting. L- a little less than three minutes in there, yep. Are we going to time that for every episode to see if there's a sex joke and how early it happens? You know what? Honestly, we probably we should. We should just have, like, a sex joke counter for every episode. Yeah. I don't want to count them because I'm lazy. I'll count them. I'll keep a tally. Okay, you do that. You do that, Harrison. We'll check in with you from now on for each episode. Okay. Maybe this these are conversations we shouldn't be having during the podcast, <laughs> but I wanted to open the door to you, dear listener. I, I, I wanted to show you the process. Yeah, we want to be transparent. It's very professional. Yeah, we're being very transparent. We're coming up with segments as we go, such as the sex joke counter yeah. and sad boy of the week, which has been in the works for as long as the podcast itself, quite possibly. I think I think that was we love our part of the boy. dev cycle before the cycle even, begin, even began. Well, it started out as a podcast about sad boys. Right. But yes. we were like, oh, that's too broad. <laughs> we have to narrow it down to Fuller House. Yeah. Um, anyways, sorry, because I know I brought this up earlier and did not, uh, follow through with it, and I did just get a text from Tyler asking, and thank you for reminding me, Tyler, but the IMDb trivia for this episode, because I did mention that a lot of them involve the diaper changing scene, I want to just put this as, like, a forewarning for this, uh, IMDb, for this section of IMDb trivia. The trivia for this episode is not nearly as entertaining as the trivia from the last episode, which, like, I don't know if you can be a baby doll... And an extended awkward silence. It, it got our hopes up too high. It, it set the Yeah, we got our hopes high. up too high. Because really, all of the trivia for this episode is just kind of like, hey, remember Full House? Oh, but, but Zach, I do remember Full House. Go ahead. Oh, I'm glad you remember. Because then you'll know what I'm talking about here. Uh, because there's a joke where Stephanie says she used to change Michelle's diapers all the time. And she changed so many that she felt like there were two of them. Ha 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 ha. They were put, Michelle was played by twins. Ha ha. Wait, 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 wait. Michelle was played by twins? No. Yeah, and now they're off in New York running their fashion empire. Wait, that joke from the wait, first wait, wait. episode was a reference to the shut real up, world? Shut up, shut up, shut up. Harrison, shut up, shut up. You're saying that the one character, Michelle Tanner, was played by two people? For a second, I thought you were telling him to shut up because he wanted to have that awkward silence, but that's also a valid point. No, no, he makes a very good... I'm doing a bit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess the bit is over now. Sorry to interrupt you, Harrison. No, I I had already finished talking. Dear listener. Is uh, the fact that uh, even though Stephanie is shown how to change a diaper by Kimmy, back in the original series, Stephanie is shown changing Alex and Nikki's diapers when Kimmy is babysitting them. Oh, so it's a role reversal. Yes. Wow. It's it's a commentary about the way we change going mm. from our, our teenage years to adulthood. It's really a statement about how the show's a coming-of-age story, a bildungsroman. 
if you will. Yes. It's this is a deep show. This is a very deep show. It tackles very serious issues. Yes. Such as, you know, at mm. the end there's a very nice moment where everyone's happy again, despite the fact that Jackson hasn't learned his lesson. <laughs> That is my favorite thing. They they added one joke that it's like, wait, that means Jackson didn't learn anything. Nothing was accomplished this week. You wasted my time. Why? I would also like to bring up the last piece of IMDb trivia, which is also very much a remember Full House moment. Because mm-hmm. uh, in DJ, when she's comforting Jackson and says, you have a house full of people who love you. Uh, that's the same thing that Danny told DJ when Stephanie was moving into her room in Full House. Remember Full House? I do remember Full House. I do House. remember Full House. It's crazy. But now now that I've seen Full House, I do. And it makes me like the show even more. <laughs> so, guys, do we have anything else to talk about? Are we ready to wrap up? I, I think I've shouted all my thoughts into the void. Yeah. Uh, there is one more thing we'd like to bring up, which is, of course, how we end every episode uh, by begging Juan Pablo de Pache. Yes. We know you weren't in this episode, but please be on our podcast. Please come on our please. podcast. Maybe it's better if you're not in the episode. That way you have some distance from it. Right. I know we can't record this one again, but you can come on anytime. The invitation's always open, man. Please, we're, we're begging you. Please be on our podcast, Juan Pablo. All right. So yes, please, Juan Pablo, Tapache, please come on our podcast. For those of you listening at home, you can find us on Fullest House Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find the Fullest House Podcast on Facebook as well. And until next time, may your houses be fuller. And may our outro be fully realized by the next episode. Have a good night. Thank you.